All right, welcome back to another episode of the Legacy Blueprint Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Evangelisti. Today, I have the honor of having another great guest on our podcast today, a good friend of mine who is a uh, extraordinary, extraordinary man in a lot of different ways, and we're going to shed some light on those things today. Uh, his background in, it's a little, a little nerve-wracking, I have to say, for me, because uh, this guy is a, is a master podcaster himself, so... Uh, hopefully he's gonna gonna give us some background on uh, on that as well. But uh, I want to welcome to the show today, a good friend of mine, Jonathan Rivera. Uh, Jr. Welcome to the show, man. Man, I am so happy to be here, and uh, just want to tell you, you're looking snazzy today. The last time we spoke, you were all dressed down, and today you're dressed up, man. Looking good. I think the last time we recorded, I was actually in a tank top and I was on the beach. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> lip flops and all. Yeah. I was like, this guy's living the life. Absolutely, man. Yeah, no, this is my, my work outfit, but uh, yeah, no, I appreciate it, man. So, so welcome to the show, man. I mean, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you sharing with our guests and uh, you know, I, I'm looking forward to a fun interview because I know that uh, our, our first two were, were really entertaining and you know, we, we covered a, a couple subjects that uh, you know, got a little heavy, but also um you know, I think we covered some good stuff that uh, is going to be, um, you know, particularly entertaining for our guests, but also I think stuff that's going to help them, you know, kind of push through maybe some struggles that they're going through and, uh, you know, kind of see that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Because um, I think the, the two of us, uh, you know, we were just talking about this before the show, um, very similar in terms of a lot of, a lot of things that, uh, you know, we relate to in life as far as, um, you know, we've both been, been through some struggles. We've both um, you know, have, have fought through some things and kind of maybe almost seen the light on the other side. Not that we don't continue to, to, to see struggles in the day to day. Bro. <laughs> Every, <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. I, I think if there was no struggle, then we couldn't savor those, those good moments. Like you were saying right before we got on the air, I take my kids to soccer practice. I take them to school. These little guys don't know how good they have it because they, they didn't grow up the way that you did. Yeah. And so it's like, hey, uh, how do we how do we implant this in our kids so they're not spoiled little brats? Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's, 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 it's crazy. It's, uh, you know, we, we work so hard to create this opportunity where we can have this, um, you know, quote unquote, four hour work week, right, where we can control our own schedule. And um, it's funny because it is completely different than, than how you and I grew up. So I mean, maybe give us a little bit of background of, you know, where, where, where your background was, you know, from where you started. Bro, I, I grew up, I grew up, I think I was poor. I just think my parents hid it well. Uh, that's really what I think. And, and the reason I say that is not because I really lacked for anything because they, they worked multiple jobs and overtime and crappy jobs to, to give me what I needed. But the programming that I grew up with was money is the reason we can't have that. Oh, you want those new shoes? We can't have that. We don't have the money. You want to go to Disney? We, you can't have that. We don't have the money. And so I, I grew up with this weird programming and that's maybe the legacy my parents were going to leave behind, but something about me rejected it, bro. I was like, I, I don't like anything. <laughs> In fact, dude, I went, I, I went to Catholic school and I was, we were laughing about this because we're looking at schools for a little huddy, Cupcake and I, that's what I call my wife. <laughs> we're looking at schools, looking at opportunities where we want to send them private charter, all, all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. We, we're looking at the Catholic school 
Wait, I don't I think Catholic school is made to to break your spirit. I mean, it's it's the craziest thing. I know it sounds horrible or blasphemous. I'm a practicing Catholic, so I can say that and be forgiven this Sunday. You know, I'll go get my wafer and be good. But I I'm like, man, I didn't follow any rules and I revolted. They actually kicked me out of Catholic school, bro. I I I I they told they wouldn't take my parents' money. They told them keep the money, take your two sons and get out of here. <laughs> so that's really, that's where I came from. <laughs> Man, I, I have a very similar experience. I don't, I don't want to step on your story, but they threw me out of CCB. So I'm, oh, I'm, God, I'm, with, really? you, I'm with you, man. <laughs> and I agree with you on that, by the way, on the, on the, uh, on the schooling and, and, uh, and the program. I think it's, uh, it's, it's meant to, it's meant to instill guilt, which is, it's just tough for kids, man. But, but anyway, I don't want to interrupt. Go ahead. Can, no, no, that's can, it, man. I mean, that's where I came from. I grew up, uh, obviously Catholic school. So we had faith in our lives. Uh, my parents worked hard and they showed me a, a good work ethic and I essentially rejected everything to the point that I'm now free and I'm grateful for that. And that that's when we're talking about legacy, I know we're going to get into all of this, but that that's what I'm trying to bring to my son and not only my son, I had this quote pulled up cause I heard it this morning and I want to share it with, with the Legacy Blueprint listeners, and you've probably mm. heard this already, it's Martin Luther King. L- life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? Mm. And that's what this is all about. It's like, what are you doing for others? What are you doing for your family? What are you doing for your audience? What are you doing for the world? And so uh, in the beginning, it all started with I, what I was doing for myself, I wanted to get out of the rat race and, and get out of construction because that's what I did for nine years. And I, I'm at a point now in my life where it's more about what am I doing, obviously, for the example that I'm, I'm leading for my son. What am I doing for my family? But, but I look at the bigger picture and I look at the bigger picture and it's like, how, how am I, what am I doing here to improve this world? And so that, that's, I realize now that's how I ended up here. And mm-hmm. it may have started out selfishly. But when I was doing construction, what was I really doing? I, I was doing electrical work. I mean, people don't even notice or appreciate that. So I wasn't, my contribution wasn't big enough. Mm-hmm. And, and then when I went into real estate, I'm helping people find homes and helping people that are in situations sell these properties that are pain in the butt. And, and I thought, oh, well, this is a step up from what I was doing in, in electrical. And, and it wasn't enough. And then I went into real estate training and I was training realtors how to do marketing and, and do the things that we do. Uh, so now I felt like I was making a bigger contribution, but it wasn't enough. Mm. And what I do today is it's starting to feel better. And what I mean is when, I, when I'm connecting with guys like you and with your audience, if I can share some inspiration or insight, I'm helping more people with our clients at the podcast factory, smart guys. And I'm sure you've had them on your show, like Mark Evans DM. When I am uh, putting a megaphone onto that guy's message, I'm not just helping Mark who I love Mark, but I'm helping everyone that hears him. And so my contribution is getting greater and greater and greater. And I'm, I'm obsessed with everything I'm doing nowadays and it's starting to feel better than I did when I was uh, you know, a little snotty kid breaking rules. I, I love that, man. And I think that, you know, one of the greatest takeaways of everything you just said is it's the, it's the butterfly effect of what you start to create, right? So I was actually having this conversation yesterday with, with, um, with a good friend of mine, and we were talking about, you know, that, that just 
that getting started, right? That taking action, that do something principle, just moving a little bit, right? So when you're an electrician, right? You might not have felt like you were impacting, but you were, you're making maybe a slightly less impact than you are at the next step at the real negligible. estate level. You know, it's, it may feel negligible, but you're, you're doing something, right? You're getting that ball rolling um, all the way up to where you're at now, which is now you have that megaphone and you're impacting thousands and thousands of people with your voice. And, and I think, you know, when we're doing these type of shows, the impact we're making, um, it's, it's, it's the difference is that it's not immediately felt, you know, the people that are listening are getting these takeaways and it's not like we're getting this, like, you know, a text message immediately after it's been released and said, Oh my God, it was amazing. Changed my life. But the fact is that the implementation of something that was learned here could be passed on to someone else could be passed on. So, so the imprint that we're making or potentially making could impact so many more people. And, and this is just a stepping stone. Like, let's not forget that. Right. So this is just one more. So that action that we create that pebble, that, that butterfly effect, that ripple, you know, whatever you want to call it, right. You got to start somewhere in order to start to create that effect to where you're, you know, I remember reading Tony Robbins when he talked about he, he initially wanted to feed the hungry and the guy feeds like what a hundred thousand a day or a million a day or I don't even know what the numbers are. You know, it's so it's so crazy. But you know, he didn't start out thinking he could do that. You know, so I think taking that action that that that's one small step. You, it's amazing how quick you get to where you get just by moving forward. God, it doesn't seem quick though, does it? Never no. seems quick enough. No, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> but you got to go in the right direction, right? Yeah, you're going to take two forward, one back. You know, it's just it's part of the game. And I think what what really separates the the people, the champions, the winners is the, the ability to just keep getting knocked down and get back up because you've got that purpose. You know what your purpose is, and that that's really to me. I know I'm getting more familiar with what my purpose is and it makes it easier every time I get knocked back, like, all right, damn, that hurt, but I got to get back up, you know? Nice. nice. So, so Jonathan, tell me about, tell me about something like that. You know, tell me about, I always call it like your favorite failure or your favorite stepping stone. Like, is there, is there one of those that knocked you down, but it also at the same time, it was like a springboard forward. Like one of those times where it was like, man, you know, you felt like maybe you weren't going to get back up, but in, in, in hindsight, you needed that, you needed that, you know, punch in the face in order to, uh, to straighten you back out. Man, Joe, I don't know if I need any punches in the face, but I don't <laughs> either. Kick in the ass. Happens, it happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, well, I don't, I don't, I can't even, I'm not healed completely yet. And this is like a decade oh, no. later, Okay, but, uh, I would say if, if we're going to say favorite, Failure. I, I started in real estate. I made good money very quickly because I got in the market when it was hot back in 2004. Got really good at, at acquiring pop properties and, and having rentals and then started getting into rehabs and that sort of thing. And I thought, I thought I was the golden boy until I got caught holding about four houses, totally leveraged out and got wiped out. I, I got wiped out and I lost everything. Not only that, my dad lost his house. I lost my house and I fell into a, a downward spiral. And the thing was, I didn't look, nobody trained me to do business. Nobody told me what the ups and downs were going to be. I wasn't, I wasn't prepared for what happened. And this was a test, uh, a test of my spirit, uh, a test of my soul uh, when I got knocked down, I didn't know what to do, and I almost went back to work. But here's the problem. It took me nearly two years to recover from this. 
And mm. it was, uh, and it was low. And the only person that really believed in me, and it was weird because I don't know how she could have, I was such a freaking loser. And I don't know how my wife would look at me and believe in me. And she thought I was a winner the whole time. And I'm like, I, I can't, I, I don't have any money. I don't have anything going on. I'm, I'm losing everything. I, I lost more than I had. And, and those two years were dark times for me. And I came out of it. And one of the things that helped me come out of it, and one of the reasons that I'm sitting here with you today, was that I found podcasts of all things. And I, I, I wasn't a very good reader. Now I have books behind me. I speed read and everything, but I wasn't a very good reader. I got turned on to audiobooks and I, I got addicted to audiobooks. And then I found podcasts and then I learned about marketing and, and I learned about mindset and I learned about all these other things. So that failure that knocked me down, first of all, it was hard. It knocked the wind out of me. I was, I was really in deep despair. But I came back from it and I rebuilt. I'm sitting in my real estate office right now. We, we got rentals. We got 40 plus rentals now. Uh, we, you know, we got cash flow and things that I didn't have before. I, if I didn't get knocked down, I wouldn't have rebuilt to where I am today. And I also wouldn't know how to get up after getting knocked down so hard. So it may not be my favorite. It still hurts and I'm still a little gun shy sometimes because of it. But I know that that taught me that I was tougher than I thought I was. And if I got back from that, frankly, I think I can get back from anything nowadays. Man, that's such an incredible story. I, I really appreciate you sharing that with, uh, with our guests. I mean, that's, that's impactful, man. And it's, you know, it's, I think, you know, it's so important to, to recognize that like that was a low that, that, that paralyzes the, just the, the prospect of that happening to people paralyzes them. Right. And not only did you go through it, but you came out to the other side. And I think it's a testament to, to your spirit. And, you know, here we are 10 years later and you're still having challenges with it, which is understandable. But, you know, the fact is that you can go through it. You can push through. You can be successful on the other end of that thing. And, you know, you can, you can stand here and, and, and you know, know that, that, that you made it through. And so, um, you know, obviously I think you should be proud about that. But, you know, um, it's, uh, I appreciate you sharing that. That, that, was, you know, that was deep, one man. The, one of the things that I would say today, and this is, I actually, I, 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 this is, we grow, right? We're always growing. Mm -hmm. if, if you're thinking like you were, I heard this quote from Hugh McLeod, and he's the guy that does these drawings. You can look him up on Instagram or, uh, yeah, I think he's on Instagram. But, but he had this quote, I'm going to butcher it, that if you're thinking today is the same as it was last year, then you got a problem. Mm. You're not growing. And if you're not growing, you're decaying. And so as we go through these troubles, as we go through these trials and tribulations, uh, they, yeah, they scar us, but they should also help us to grow. And so I, I don't like failure, but I welcome it. And, mm. and it helps me learn. And one of the things that became crystal clear to me recently is I'm talking to a friend and we both kind of come up at the same time. We met each other kind of early on and we were both kind of making that transition from blue collar to, I guess we're white collar. I don't know. I don't wear a collar at all anymore. No collar. <laughs> no, I'm no collar, baby. That's right. <laughs> uh, and, and he's, he's talking about how hard it's been. And he, he's made his first million and going to his second million. And he talks about how tough it's been and, and the last 14 years of work and the struggle because this guy is a killer. 
He's a killer doing 100 plus deals a year. And I'm, I look at him and I'm, I'm fascinated that he can do that because I'm just too damn lazy for that. Mm-hmm. And he, he's like, I don't, I don't know, man. If I lost it all today, I don't know that I have it in me to do it again. And I was like, whoa, that I, my heart kind of yeah. sunk because this, I'm sitting with him in his half a million dollar house. We're on the dock, smoking cigars, getting ready to go on the ski boat. The girls are up there grilling some food. And I'm like, are you kidding me, bro? When I met you, you didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't think I have. And I told him, you want to know something? And this is what became crystal clear to me. And this is the lesson that I want to share with, with the Legacy Blueprint listeners. This is what's most important. This is what's brought us together. I told him, if I lost everything today, everything that I have right now, I believe I could have it all back in three months and it's because of the people I know. Like that's where, to me, money, I'm not, and sometimes this is a negative thing. I, I think this is a weakness of mine. I'm not so motivated by money. I'm motivated by relationships. And I know that the relationships that I have, I can get work, I can get money, I can do deals, and I can build it back up. And I'd probably be more motivated so I wouldn't be as lazy as I am today. Mm. That is one of the best quotes in the 50-some episodes that I've recorded right there. Not being money, not being money motivated, being relationship motivated. Everything, everything is about not, not necessarily who you know, but the connectivity behind it, right? It's doing the right thing, knowing the right people, having them in your back pocket when you need them. Uh, I mean, listen, man, I mean, you and I know a lot of the same people and those people have helped me in tremendous ways and vice versa. I think that your network is, 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 you know, you just said it, you could bounce back in three months. I believe the same thing. I really do. You know, I mean, in our business, I feel like, you know, you could potentially lose it all tomorrow. We, you know, I think it's a, you know, we're always, you know, we're always in that business where, you know, shit, shit happens, man. And we're yeah. constantly trying to, um, you know, do the right thing, but it doesn't mean that uh, you can't get sideswiped. So, um, man, I love it. So speaking of that, I mean, you have a new business now. It's besides the real estate, you know, we have Podcast Factory. So tell me a little bit about Podcast Factory. How does that work? And, you know, how, how does that keep you occupied? And, you know, yeah, does, it what does was, that look like? And, and this is another thing where we're going we're gonna to talk about. You and I are in a very elite, very high level mastermind. That's how mm-hmm. we met. And for your, your listeners out here, for the Legacy Blueprint listeners, hey, um, you're not going to meet cool people like Joe or like Mark just out in the street. It's not likely. So I'm going to give you a tip that's going to advance your progress more than anything. And I wish I knew this when I started. If I had known this, I would be much further along than I am now, but I'm, I'm figuring it out. I'm not, I'm, still, I'm not too old to learn this, but you got to pay for access. You, you got to pay to get in the room with people. And, and look, I have another friend. Actually, we're, we're all friends. And now this guy hasn't been as successful. This guy hasn't been as successful as the guy with the, with the boat smoking the cigars in his half million dollar lake house. He knows all the things. He's read all the books I've read. He knows all the gurus. And when I tell him, hey, I spent 30 Gs. Yeah, I invested 30 Gs to get into a room with this, these people. He's like, what? No, no. There's got to be, be a way that I could meet people like this without spending that kind of money. I'm like, well, yeah, I don't know. Maybe if you join a yacht club or something, that's still going to cost you money. Or maybe if you, if, you, if you golf at the very best place, I said, but you want a shortcut to, to 
meeting the people, pay for it. When Joe has an event, pay for it. Or, or when anybody has one of these events that's a very high level, the higher level it is, the more it costs, the better chances are that you're going to meet cool people. So this guy, he's not successful because he reads all the things and he takes no action and he's not willing to invest. So that's, that, that, you, can, you can hustle your ass off or you can buy access. So I, me personally, I, I'm, like I said, I'm lazy. I'd rather just make all the money and pay to meet cool people. And so th th there's a shortcut. <laughs> nice. Nice. I love it, man. Oh, man. That was, that was, a, that was a great sidebar. I love it. I love it. So mastermind. Right, so like, people uh, believe cool, in that. So cool people. And the reason I'm talking about this is, is masterminds, cool people. When, all right. So the podcast factory started by mistake. It wasn't, uh, in fact, I recorded an Instagram video about this today. I was ready to quit because I started podcasting in 2008 before anybody knew what it was. And people were like, pod what? How do you get that? And it was a, a real effort to get a show. Nowadays, they, they just download right onto your phone. It's super easy. Uh, but I almost quit. And um, luckily, my friend Darren was like, no, I think this is going to be big. Just stick with it. Stick with it. And, and we, we did. And we did a show, the first show on the Podcast Factory Network in 2013 was called Making Agents Rich. And that was me and Darren. And it was, I told you I did realtor training. So it was to promote the training that we were doing, like getting seller leads and getting buyer leads and referrals and, and all that sort of thing. But the first year we did like 100K. I was pretty happy. I mean, I had been working online for years, not making any money. And I'm just too, either too dumb or too stubborn to quit because I, that, that crash I went through and, and, and that, that down cycle that really messed me up. Um, I decided I needed to hedge because I'm like, I can't let this happen again. And, and you're a guy, I, I remember when you were on my show talking about uh, the multiple streams you have. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was doing. I was like, how can I create another income that's totally separate from my real estate income so that if, that if it happens again, I have something else because the last time I had nothing. Mm -hmm. And I went off on this adventure to figure out online marketing, internet marketing. How, how do I build another business? It was going to be online because I wanted to be location independent. I mean, I don't know that we've talked about this, but I, I, I've done month-long snowboard trips and things like that is pretty normal. Month-long beach trips. I didn't want to be tied to real estate. That's one of the things that, that was a prerequisite for this business. So the online appealed to me. Anyways, we, we, uh, we hit that hundred grand. Next year, we were barely hitting that hundred grand. And I'm like, I got to do something, right? This is my other income. I got to do something here. How do I up-level? And I found this mastermind. It was a guy that I wanted to work with, a guy that I respected. And he opened up the doors to this elite mastermind. And it, it seemed like a lot of money. And at the time, it was a lot of money. It was, it's, now I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it was only a thousand bucks a month. But back then, it was like, holy crap, it's a thousand dollars a month. <laughs> and I didn't think I could afford it. And when I told Cupcake about it, she's like, have you lost your mind? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I, I think I have, but I feel like this is what I need. I need to get, I need to get out of my comfort zone. And so I invested to get in that room. And I was still doing the real estate training at that time. But what happened was on the breaks, during the breaks, every time people would come over and talk to me, hey, you're doing a show with so-and-so. How'd you do that? Hey, you're doing, because I would do shows. I had mentors that helped me out. I had mentors that taught me a lot. And I, I thought, well, I have the skill of the podcasting and we can reach 
people and have conversations. Let's do this. And so I connected with everybody was like, holy cow, you're, you're, they thought I was a high level marketer. I just happened to have cool friends mm -hmm. that were high level marketers. I was doing shows with them, but six months into this mastermind, what I realized and, and what both me and cupcake realized was, Hey, uh, maybe this real estate training thing is not what we need to be doing. Maybe we need to be focusing on this podcast thing. So that last six months of the year, I, I wound down that real estate training business, shut it all down. And 2016, I opened the podcast factory for business, the podcast agency. And I've had, it's still, and look, we're, I'm still figuring things out, I told you. Mm -hmm. And so there are some months, and this was always a goal, and now I need bigger goals, but th there are some months where I beat my real estate income and I'm like, damn. That feels good because that was always the bar, right? The bar was the real estate income. And then I have the second business creating as much or more. And now I'm starting to say, oh, there's, there's a lot more potential in this agency business because I don't have to buy more doors. I don't have to invest more money. I just have to maximize what I have here. And so that was a long story of investing to get in rooms and the breakthroughs that you have and how that could equal lots of dollars in your pocket, Joe. No, it's awesome, man. I, I know I think it's important to understand that, you know, we, we both are kind of students of the four hour work week, right? So for those of you that, you know, haven't heard of that book or, you know, I'm starting to start to show my age. It was one of my first, right? back in 07 when it came out, one of my first favorite entrepreneur books and, and i know that you're a fan of that that concept yeah. as well and so for those of you who haven't read that book i know it's archaic at this point but i would pick up a copy and i would read it but you know the idea behind it right is is, is systematizing and simplifying and automating and creating uh, a business where you can live that that kind of virtual lifestyle where if you wanted to go take a month off and you know the mini retirement uh, the mini retirement right um, and then and then having that side income as a part of even if you had a you know full-time job you can create that side income until it becomes a full income um, the magic is because I've done this multiple times when when that side income becomes almost a full-time business where you could literally live off of one so when you have two or three or four or five of those working and you sit back and you're like, man, one of those could sustain me, it becomes a whole lot more comfortable. Now, of course, your lifestyle starts to catch up to those. <laughs> you know, inevitably, like you need three or four of them to live. But I mean, the fact is like, it's cool to know that you can, you can um, create those things, um, you know, almost at will once you start to, you know, become good at it, right? So um, I think that it's, it's a super interesting story and, and, it, and, it, and it comes back to doing what you love, right? I mean, you obviously loved the podcasting piece. You loved doing the interviews or helping people create the interviews. So, you know, finding something you're good at and then creating a recurring stream of, of income from it that uh, could inevitably replace your, your existing income. I want to, I want to correct you there. I, what I really love is punching people in the face. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> that, that, cool. I, I was a little brawler when I was a kid, a little skinny <laughs> brawler, but uh, punching people in the face with the, the reality of what's possible. And that's yeah. what excites me about being here with you. And, and like when you were on our podcast and sharing the multiple businesses you have, uh, an average ordinary person is not going to be exposed to that. They have no way mm -hmm. to know about that unless they tap into us here. And so this is where we ha have an opportunity these days to yeah punch people in the face and wake them up and say, hey, you're sleeping through life. Absolutely. Wake up. There's another option for you. And here go some people that can show you those options. And, and so that's really what this is about. And, and when we're talking about legacy, 
selfishly, the podcast factory is a piece of my legacy, not just about what I do here myself, what I do with you, but what I do with the clients and what happens with all the listeners. Because I, I feel like I have a duty to improve the lives of everybody listening. And so by me coaching my, my clients uh, to do better and to share more and to go deeper, I'm actually doing my little piece to make the world a better place. I love it, man. I call it our moral obligation, right? Like if you have something to share and you can get it out there and people can create more and bigger and better impact, like that's what it's all about. And then, you know, people sit on the sidelines sometimes and they wonder, well, why do these guys get up at four o'clock in the morning? Why are they trying so hard? Why are they grinding? Why are they creating so much content? Why are they trying? You know, it's because there's people out there that are taking action. It's not the, it's not the majority for certain, right? But there are people that are, are, are creating, you know, um, that are taking, taking action, creating impact based off of these conversations, right? So, yeah. you know, just for those small few, you know, I don't care if it's 1% of the people that are paying attention, but those are the people that we do these things for, which is really interesting. They're the only people that matter. I say that all the time. I'm like, yeah. I don't care about you guys who are just consumers. I'm here for the creators. And if you're creating, if you're doing something, if you're making a difference, I got your back, baby, and I'm going to support you all the way so we, we, we can win, us creators. 100%, 100%. So, Jonathan, tell me about <clears throat> if there's a high school student, young, creative, you know, energetic action taker, wants to come out and uh, you know, maybe leapfrog a few things that uh, you and I have uh, stumbled upon across our years. I mean, what kind, of, what kind of advice are you giving them at this point in time? Because let's face it, things are a whole lot different in 2020 which it's going to be here in a couple of weeks um, than they were when me and you graduated school. So, you know, what kind of advice are you giving a kid now coming out of high school? Uh, don't listen to your teachers. Mm. <laughs> I don't disagree with you, by the way. I'm shaking my head for those who can't see me. They are full of it. But yeah, uh, yeah I'll just, and I'll share what, what I'm doing with our son and maybe that will help. Maybe not. But one of the things that we are teaching him is to earn things and you got to earn things. And we talked, uh, I don't know that maybe we did talk about it a little bit is we, we have a generation right now who is entitled. Mm -hmm. They, they think they're special little snowflakes and they deserve things. And if they don't get it the way that they want it, they're going to go hide in their safe space and, and cry about it. And, and the fact is that, you don't deserve anything. You got to earn it. You got to work for it. Now, the other side of that, and this was something that I struggled with for, for many, many years, and I'm still struggling with, is, is so you got entitlement and you got expectancy, right? Because a lot of us have brought up, if you were brought up like me, uh, is like, oh, the other shoe is going to drop. Uh, something good happened, something bad happened. Like when my, my real estate business failed, I made all this money and then I got crushed under the weight of it. Oh, so yeah, bad things are always going to happen to you when good things happen. And so changing, changing that entitlement, number one, earning what you get and, and then the expectancy, but changing your, your gauge on expectancy. Like instead of thinking something good happened, now something bad's going to happen. I'm doing good in this world, so good is going to happen. And you expect good to happen. You expect to win. Even if you hit a few bumps, even if you get your ass kicked a little bit, mm -hmm. you expect still that you're going to win. And so I would say that get rid of entitlement, increase your positive expectancy, 
But you can only do that if you're being a creator, if you are doing good things in the world, which leads me to the third piece, which is learn to solve problems. Now, I don't mean mathematical equations or scientific things. Learn to solve problems. The reason I'm here with you today in this office is because I've solved a housing problem for these folks here. The reason that, that I have the podcast factory is because I solved a communication problem for my clients. Learn to solve problems. You will be rewarded and know that if you're putting good out into the world, expect good to come back to you. I love it, man. Like creating your own luck. Create your own luck, right? That is it, right? We do create our own luck. We do create our own luck. And then when you do put good out there, it's going to come back. I believe that wholeheartedly. There's actually... You know, almost a flip side to that, Gary Vee was talking about this, you know, a couple months ago, I remember watching this and it was one of the most impactful, you know, you know, there's, he puts out a ton of content, so it's hard to follow him, but he, he put something out a couple months ago that really hit home for me. And he was talking about, you know, he gets, he gets bombarded with messages between 18 and 24 year olds that are just getting, you know, graduating. I guess that's a big part of his demographic. And the flip side of that is they were talking about how they're so frustrated that now that they've finally hit the real world, they're pissed off that they were raised at, with this entitlement. Like, you know, when they were 17, mom and dad give them a BMW and gave them everything they ever wanted and like, you know, kissed their ass and everything was so easy. And, and now that they've graduated college, they don't, they don't understand how to handle real life. Like they're depressed and the pressure and they're stressed and they don't know how to handle their job. And like, they don't even know how to clean their own room or do their own laundry. And like, like the, the pressure of living life is crushing them because of the fact that their parents baby the shit out of them for 15, you know, for the last 18 years. So, so it's, it's almost literally the flip, you know, it's, it's saying the same thing you're saying, but from the kid's perspective and these kids actually want the structure they want you know, they want to be able to, you know, be taught to solve problems. They want to be able to taught, you know, be taught to create their own luck. They want the entitlement, you know, factor to be taken away so they can earn their shit. I don't know about you, man, but I was, I've been sweeping, you know, job sites and, and working since I was like six years old. Like, like I, I remember working and enjoying it. Like I remember it being hard, but I, but I enjoyed it. Like I got, I got therapy out of it. Like when I was a kid, like, you know, so I don't know. Like, you know, his, his, his take on it is these kids want it now. You know, they, they, they don't want to be spoiled. And, and now when they finally step into the real world, they get it, they're just getting just, just pulverized by the real world because they're not, they're not ready for it. So you're right. And I actually had this talk with cupcake when, uh, and so, uh, uh, we adopted our son. We tried to have a kid for a couple of years. We couldn't. And uh, so we went through the adoption process. It took us three years to, to have our son home with us. And now he's been with us for about three years. But we talked about the kind of parents we were going to be. And I'll have to report back to you on this. If the structure, the routine, the consistency, like earning it, if, if that's going to work, because his mom and I are tough and we're tough and we're like yellers and sometimes we're militant and stuff. <laughs> I want this kid to get out there and be like, world, you ain't got shit. My mom and dad were tough. <laughs> That's what I want. And we both said, we're not going to raise one of these whiny little kids. And I have a little sister. My mom died like 15 years ago. My dad remarried. So I've got a, a little 12, 13-year-old sister. And she is soft AF. 
Yeah. And everything hurts her. She's depressed. And I'm like, what do you got to be depressed about? You live in a four bedroom house. You have a, a bathroom in your bedroom. You have your own. I'm like, what do you have to be sad about? Your parents give you everything. And I know that's not the dad I had when I was growing up, but yeah. we look at that and we're like, we got to be tough on this kid because when he gets out there, I want him to think that is easy out there. And so yeah. that's, that's our philosophy. I don't know if it's right or wrong. And you got to have a philosophy and that that's the one that we're going with. We might pay for it later when we get old and we need him to take care of us. But I don't know. Hey, listen, man, we got to chase the discomfort. That's the stuff that drives us. That's the stuff that helps us live. Right. So we want the kids to do the same thing ultimately, man. So, so uh, I, I know, one of the things I wanted to touch on with you is I know I have a lot of, uh, I, I talk about having routines and rituals. I know I have a, a morning routine that I'm really, um, I'm really into. What are, what are kind of like some rituals and routines that, that you practice to keep yourself, you know, in healthy and shape mentally, physically ready to go for the day? You know, what, what are the kind of you know, things that maybe you can share with our audience that keep you uh, ready to rock? So I've been, I've been experimenting. In fact, since I met you at the, at the DM event in Ohio, I also met Ray Gonzalez over there oh and he put me onto the 75 hard thing. So I changed a lot of what I'd done and, and, and you touched on it just a second ago is chasing the discomfort. And so I've, I've looked for that in different ways. And when I was preparing to have our son, look, I was, I, I still kind of am, but not as bad as I was. I was deathly afraid of water and drowning. And I'm like, uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go get scuba certified and spend two days underwater. Like, what, what's wrong with you, man? <laughs> and it was so bad. Yeah, it was so bad. They, they nicknamed me Air Hog. And the reason was everybody is, is doing their thing. And I'm underwater like, <gasps> just scared out of my mind for two days. And they're like, dude, you're sucking too much air. You're an air hog. <laughs> you want to make it through SEAL training? Is that what you're saying? No way, dude. I, <laughs> please don't even put me in the water. But, and I did it here too. I was like, you know, something that I, I really don't want to do is jump out of a perfectly good airplane. And my thinking is just like, all right, let's go do these things. Because anything I do cannot compare to, to being a parent. And so you know, I jumped out of an airplane. I hated it. I didn't even want to see the video. I was so damn scared. Oh and I'm God. like, hey, chase the discomfort, man. <laughs> wow. That's a whole new level, dude. I mean, listen, I, I'm all about trying to stay uncomfortable and chase bigger goals and stuff like that. But I'm not sure I'm jumping out of an airplane. It wasn't. I wouldn't do it again, but I did yeah. it. It's done. And, <laughs> and I'm even I'm, I'm working on one right now that's not as scary as that. And for next month, I want to go. I have a friend who got some tags. And he's going to, it's going to be up in Colorado and I want to go, I want to go shoot a deer. Mm -hmm. That's not the scary part, but I, I also want to dress a deer. Like I oh. want, like that's gross. And oh. I, it, it disgusts me thinking about it. I'm like, this will make me a man. <laughs> oh man. Good luck. Like, yeah. So, so I, I would say that getting uncomfortable is key here and being this is going to sound silly, being comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's yeah. the thing. It's like being okay with the uncertainty because life is uncertain. So w when I met you guys, I was in a really low place and that's, I, I knew that I needed to get around some good kindred spirits. And that's why I joined the DM family and, and Ray put me onto the 75 hard thing. So I decided right then and there, I'm like, I have always, since I've, 
I can remember I, I focused on the business and, and the goals and, and the numbers. And I was like, when I, when I went over there and a couple guys in the DM family told me, dude, you're doing too much. That's what they kept telling me. Dude, you're doing too much. And I said, okay, well, for this quarter, I'm going to focus on one thing and that's me. I'm going to be a selfish prick. I'm only going to care about me. So I'm going to do my two workouts a day. I'm going to do my keto eating, my reading, my gallon of water. I'm, I, this quarter, I'm just going to focus on me and be selfish. Family, going to have to sit on the sideline. Finances, going to have to sit on the sideline. Faith, going to have to sit on the sideline. This quarter is about fitness. Never did that. And it was one of the most wonderful experiences because I, I used to have a routine where I got up and I did my journal and I, I did all these things, very structured. That got me to where I was. And I was depressed. Mm. I did it for so many years. So I switched everything up, did the 75 hard. And, and Joe, the most amazing things came out of this. Like, mm. Because I'm doing 75 hard, I have to get my morning workout. It's got to be an outside workout. And, and it turned into this thing where, gee, well... I got to get that workout and I really want to hang out with my family. So I came up with this thing. Mornings are for family. I don't start work till 11 and I'm still actually still doing that. <laughs> uh, I don't start work. I, I get up. I, I take care of, of Huddy. I get him dressed, get him ready for the day. Then I go out and do my exercise and I come back home and walk him to school with cupcake. And then we go and have breakfast and we talk a little bit and I come home probably about 1030 about 11 o'clock, I'm ready for work because I've done everything else. So yeah, I, I, I've changed what I do, but I'm still journaling. I'm still taking care of my fitness. Uh, I still have goals and, and I have quarterly goals and monthly goals and weekly goals and daily goals, just like top three every day, just to make sure I'm making progress. I, I'm in strategic coach. And so once a quarter, I go in and plan my quarter and I know exactly the things that I'm going to be working on for the next three months. Uh, but really, right now, where I am is, is a different place than I was before, where I used to be more structured. I, I'm doing my exercise. I'm doing my eating. I'm spending the time with family. And, and some other things that I've included in, in this quarter that I'm doing it is like reading the Bible and drawing are things that I want to do for my spirit and, and just for fun. And so it's really... I'm doing, this would have been uncomfortable for me when I met you, but it, it's changed my life. And th the weird part is I get the mornings are for family. Uh, we had a really great quarter. So the finances got taken care of and, and I was being selfish. And so, yeah. All right. That's what I want to teach you guys. Be selfish. <laughs> I love it, man. That's great. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, I think a lot of times the fact is, you know, if you don't take care of yourself first, you can't take care of those around you. I mean, so, you know, sometimes the fact is if you just deplete and constantly, I mean, you just said it, you, you were taking care of all the other things and you were depressed yeah. right? and you were in a bad place. And if you don't, if you don't start with, with, with you, right, if you're not in a good place then how can you take care of those around you? You, so, can't. you know, being selfish sometimes is, is a necessity, you know, in order to get right. More people need to be selfish. I think we're taught this was the thing, and it's it's a funny story. I've told you that we were when when Huddy first came home, we were looking for daycares and things like that, and we went to this one place. We loved it. It was just like it was beautiful. It was close to home. Everybody was nice, and and, and at the end of the tour. They're like, oh, yeah, we, we have themes each month of what we teach the kids, and that's the entire month. Like this month is it's better to give than receive. 
And I was like, uh, these, these people are communists. I'm out of here. Like, <laughs> I, I love the place until they said that. And I, I don't think so. I think it's better to receive than, T-H-E-N, give, so yeah. that you're strong. You're strong. You're taken care of. Now you have enough to give. And that's, that's the way people are growing up, is being taught that it's better to give than receive. And, and I wonder why you're unhappy, because mm-hmm. you don't have crap, and you're trying to take care of everybody else. And, you can, and you're saying yes to everybody. You can never say no. You're never turning anybody down. And you're stretched to 100, 100 different directions. And, and, you're, and you're, not, you're right. Like you said, you're not taking care of yourself. Yeah. So I agree. I agree. So, Jonathan, I want to be respectful of your time. Anything that I haven't shared yet or anything you haven't shared yet or I haven't asked yet? Anything else you want to add to the conversation? Bro, this is, I, give, I give you everything I have. Hopefully, everybody listening is like, this guy is a total nutbag. <laughs> I like him. But yeah, any, uh, like I said, I was an open book wherever you wanted to go. But we, we hit everything yeah. I thought we would talk about. Fantastic, man. What's the uh, best place for people to uh, connect with you? Yeah. Uh, the website is thepodcastfactory.com and the is at the beginning thepodcastfactory.com that's where you'll find uh connections to everything else i write a daily email you might find my books on there uh, but that's really the entry point to everything that is me awesome awesome and as always guys if you leave us a five-star review and a comment inside of it we will draw a random winner each week and we will offer you a 15-minute interview consult whatever you want with myself or Jonathan would you would you do that for our guests as well I'm I'm happy to talk to anybody I, I need attention apparently fantastic fantastic <laughs> there you go so we'll pick a random winner we'll do a draw and you guys can choose between Jonathan or myself if you guys want to get into the podcasting space Jonathan's a great resource for you as well and uh happy to have you on Jonathan thank you so much for uh for doing this show brother it was a blast thank you awesome